So I made the classic mistake that everybody did. It's the friends and fool scenario. I was a fool. I wasn't a friend to these guys, but I was the fool. And I bought the sexy looking business plan and all the promises and, you know, the, the usual words that people give you, this is a no brainer. You know, it's a, a hole in one type of investment. And I went out and put myself and my family under a lot of financial pressure just because I was a fool. Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever. Stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risk, but to win big, you've got to reduce it. To join our community, go to myworstinvestmentever.com and receive these five free benefits. First, you get the risk reduction checklist I created from the lessons I've learned from all my guests. Second, you get my weekly email to help you increase your investment return. Third, you get a 25% discount on all A Stotts Academy courses. Fourth, you get access to our Facebook community to get to know guests and fellow listeners. And finally, you get my curated list of my favorite 10 episodes of this podcast, fellow risk takers. This is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stotts from A Stotts Academy. And I'm here with featured guests, Owen O'Malley and Anna Rodriguez. Owen and Anna, are you ready to rock? We're ready to roll. We are, Andrew. <laughs> All right. I'm excited to have you on, and I'm going to introduce you to the audience. Owen and Anna are business partners and life partners. They're on a mission to create one million millionaires by December 31st, 2050. They have helped many people accumulate $1 million in their online trading accounts. And they have a powerful plan to help you reach $1 million by just investing $200 per month. They were taught by the most successful investors in the world and have a combined 30 years experience in the markets. Ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce Owen O'Malley, CEO and founder, and Anna Rodriguez, COO of the Investment Club Network. Tell us a little bit about yourselves. Thank you, Andrew, for having us on the show. And thank you for putting on this wonderful podcast that teaches people, first of all, how not to invest so that they can know, learn how to invest. And we've gone through that journey ourselves, as Anna will share with you as well. My journey or the journey of the Investment Club Network began way back in 1996 with the Tony Robbins Wealth Mastery. At that event, there was a wonderful group of grandmothers called the Beardstown Investment Club, if you want to Google them little town in America called Beardstown, and they were kicking ass on the market back in 1996. I think the S&P had done something like 8% that year. These grannies, group of grannies, had done 34% that year. One of the big messages they gave to us in the Wealth Mastery event at Hawaii over six long days, one of the things they said is, when you go back home from this seminar, get yourself together in a mastermind group, meet once a month for an hour, and focus on wealth creation. They said most people are busy just generating income, and they're not thinking long-term wealth. And so that's exactly the idea that I took home with me from that event. And I, first of all, trade the stock market part-time alongside my day job. I used to be a salmon farmer. I used to grow salmon. And after two years of trading the stock market part-time, I was making more money from the stock market than I was from my day job. I was able to leave, retire, in effect, and begin to tell other people that it is possible to make a living from the stock market. And it is possible to be able to work together as a group and learn from each other. And that's what was the foundation of our first club one club in where I live in a remote area, became 10 clubs, became 100, became over 1,000 clubs, one country became 50 countries. 
And now with the power of Zoom, we're all over the world building investment clubs and supporting our members. Mm. Amazing. And Anna, what's your background and how did you get into this? How did you get in this relationship too? <laughs> My background is chemistry. And after 20 years of first analyzing crappy water, literally, and then organizing the other crap in the fields, <laughs> literally again, I decided that I was a bit fed up of selling my life, Andrew, of being possessed and owned by somebody who decided when to work, what to do, what hours, and if I had to if I wanted to take holidays, he would say yes or no to my time. That was mine. Mm -hmm. I was selling my life. At that moment, my kids were small. And I said, this is not working for me. I want to be home for my kids. However, I want money. And why? And that's one of the most powerful questions that we can ask ourselves. What for do I want the money? In my case was to choose the education that I want for my kids. Not only the formal education, but also all the kinds of education like Owen was mentioning Tony Robbins. They were walking on fire when they were not even teenagers before. At 11 and 13, they were walking on fire with, with Tony Robbins. That's the kind of education that I wanted for them. So there was a very powerful why. And then I put it out there to the universe. How can I make money work for me, be home for my kids, travel the world, get to know beautiful people, and all being in a win-win relationship? Um, voila, it delivered. It didn't follow my lap. I had to work a lot. I had to study new things. But the good news, Andrew, is that everything is learnable. We can learn whatever it is, whatever our background, whatever our sex, whatever our age, it doesn't matter. Everything is learnable. And not only that, because we work in clubs, not in all cases, but in most cases in clubs, we can pick all those qualities of different people and share our own. So mm -hmm. we all work together in a mastermind group. So it's just fantastic. Now, looking back, you see my kids had that education. They have very successful stories in the stock market as well. And well, on my shopping list, it wasn't the man, but I got the man as well. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, when you talk about your shopping list, it's not like you were asking for much. You just wanted happiness, independence, money, friendship, and ultimately also you got the bonus of a man. Some people may <laughs> feel like, oh, I don't know if I can get that or, you know, like that's asking a lot or that's way beyond where I am right now. I'm just curious, like what advice you give, you know, you give the listeners out there who are maybe thinking a bit small because they're, you know, they're scared and they're, they maybe not have the confidence that you have today. Yeah, well, I didn't have this confidence whatsoever, Andrew, but I had the confidence to take one step. And that one step led me to the next step and so on and so forth. And once you open yourself to receive, things come to you. If you're close, forget it. Even mm. if they give it to you, oh, no, 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 I cannot take that. Well, what's the universe saying? Well, if you don't take this, I'm not going to give you the next thing. So, yeah, we do deserve it. We need to understand, Andrew, that we deserve it. Whatever it is out there, we deserve it because... Us having it doesn't mean that another person doesn't have it. It means that we multiply. So that's a great lesson right there for, for the listeners to think about setting your goals high, 
and believing that you can get there and that you deserve it. Before we go on to the big question, you know, I just want to highlight that this is our second time trying to do this call. The first time we try to do this call, I asked you to explain a little bit about your business. And one hour later, we finished. You answered all my questions. And I felt like I understood pretty well what you're doing. And I was pretty impressed. So I'm pretty excited to have you on. And, you know, we know that, you know, everybody's talking about big returns in the markets and all that. And the reality is that's very hard. But I would say there are some advantages, particularly that an individual has. If you're a big fund manager, you got billions of dollars. You got to buy 50 stocks. You got to buy, you know, you got to buy the biggest ones. In addition, you got a risk management department that's telling you, you got to own more than that because you can't, you got to diversify what happens if this or that. But as an individual, you can build a relatively diversified portfolio and not be under those pressures. So maybe you can just tell us, you know, this audacious goal that you have of making 1 million millionaires by the 31st of December, 2050. Yeah, well, uh, just touching on Anna's point, if anybody's listening to this show and they feel a bit lost and a bit in the dark and no way out, I would liken it to imagine you come home from work one day and you live in a two-story home and you come back and everything is in complete darkness. But in your mind, you have a picture of where your bedroom is on the, on the second story and you just barely find the staircase and you just say to yourself, well, I'll just take one step and then I can see the next step and then I can see the next step. But at the same time, as Anna said, you have that vision of the bedroom of where you're going to get to. I think that's all you need to be successful, Andrew. You have that big picture. And so we're making a bold statement to any of the listeners here to this podcast. We know in our heart and soul that you, the listener, can be worth one million US dollars in the stock market. And we have a specific plan to get you there. And that specific plan is simple as invest 200 a month, every month consistently, grow it at 2% a month, and after 20 years of Matt's work, you will be worth 1 million. And that's exactly what we offer our investment club members. A lot of our investment club members is part of the agenda of the club. We, we circle back to what's our plan? How do we do this month? Are we on track for our plan? Mm. So we often say, I'm sure we've all heard it, if you fail to plan, you're planning to fail. Yeah. So we're very, we're very, very specific on, on what we want to achieve. And the, the astute listener may say, oh my God, 2% per month. Mm -hmm. How much is that per year? 26%. And that's a lot. I mean, the stock market only went up, well, the stock market, let's say in the last 30 years, went up by 12, 14, 15%. Maybe Warren Buffett went up by 17 or 18%, 20%, whatever that number is. Mm -hmm. How, you know, maybe you could just explain kind of the core of how you get there. Yeah, so you're right. Warren Buffett has consistently for 62 years done 20% per annum. So mm. in order for you to keep on track with our plan, you've you got to do 6% better than Warren Buffett. And so you might say, well, how can we do 6% better than Warren Buffett? Well, Warren Buffett, his Berkshire Hathaway fund is pretty much buy and hold. Okay. What we do is we, buy, we do buy and hold as a foundation. I know you, I'm really grateful you spent last week spending one full hour actually digging deep. Mm to the substance of that. And Anna, you just number crunched the last 20 years of our stock selection system. Do you want to share what the growth has been in the last 20 years compared to the S&P? It's been, what is it, 15% better? Hmm. I believe overall it's spiked over the last two years, but you got me there. I can get the chart, yep. the graph 
Yeah, we'll come back to that. So basically, our Buy and Hold Foundation is incredibly good because all we do is we focus on the S&P 500, Andrew. But within the S&P 500, which does about 10% per annum, we know, we focus on the top 100 of that. And within that top 100, we'll invest in the top 20 companies. And so if you think about it, if the average of 500 companies does consistently 10% per annum, but you're in the top 20% section of that 500 companies, the top 100, by definition, because of averages, you've got to do better than average. So we've proven that our stock selection system is, is way better than the S&P 500. That's back mm. tested for 20 years. But on top of that, we sell call options every month, Andrew. We sell put options every month. We collect a bit of dividends. And then we take that call option premium, that put option premium, that dividends to go out and buy more shares. And those shares are now like free shares because they were paid for from the income of the first batch of shares. Then we start the whole process again. Those free shares spin off call income, put income on dividends. And with that income, we buy more shares. So it's now the hens become the chickens, produce the eggs. The eggs become chickens, become hens, produce more eggs. And it's the interest on the interest. So it is absolutely no problem to do 6% better than Warren Buffett because you're doing the income on top of his 20%. And just to go through that briefly, as I've seen you know, some of the structure of what you're doing, Basically, I'll, I'll kind of describe what I saw and then tell me where, where I'm right and wrong. Basically, as you've talked about, first of all, you invest in the most liquid stocks pretty much in the world if they're within the S&P 500. And within the S&P 500, you actually focus on the most liquid. And then among those most liquid, you try to focus on what could be, I don't know exact how to call it, but let's say quality at a great price type of yes analysis sure. where you've, you've analyzed all of those companies from every different angle, and then you construct a portfolio of the best stocks out of that. Sure. And, and then you also aren't bound by having to, let's say, weight those stocks by some market index weighting or something. You can just follow the weighting that, that does the best for you, usually equal mark, equal cap, sorry, equal weighting you know, is a, is a superior way than, let's say, market cap weighting. But the typical fund manager has to do market cap weighting because that's what they're measured against. Sure. And so this is the foundation of your system is that you can do probably what fund managers can't easily do. And you have a structured system for picking those stocks and you stick to that structure. Would I be describing that right or with anything you would no, add? No, that's that? 100%. You've hit the nail on the head, 100%. We do diversify we do in a significant size portfolio we do each position size is around about five percent so we do work with 20 companies five percent each we work in 20 different sectors because sectors are always going up and down and shares are always going up, going up and down and the beauty about the ups and downs of the market if you're anybody's listening out there we've done incredibly well in the last 18 months because the more volatile the market is the more uncertain the market is the anybody that knows anything about the market the the vix goes up and when the vix goes up the call premiums go up the put premiums go up and the rent goes up. Mm. So mm. the power of compound interest is, is actually better in a volatile market. So we love, we, volatility is our friend. We love uncertainty. We love volatility. So to then explain that to the listeners out there, like thinking about my mother who's listening right now, the what mm. you're describing is you build a quality at a good price portfolio. Yes. And then you are, as you, you called it, rent, but you're generating income from those stocks Yes. By, by creating some derivative instruments that are very common, puts and calls are very, very common out there. Yes. And so from those puts and calls, and you set them up in a way 
that they're not some extreme bets that you're making. You're trying to make money from the volatility. And the benefit of that is number one, you get additional income that the typical buy and hold investor would not get. And I guess the second benefit is if the market was to crash, you have some protection. How does that work from, let's say the US market is going to go down by 30%. How does your portfolio perform in a down market? Sure. Yeah. And so that's not impossible because we just saw that last year in COVID, the market went down 40% in about six weeks. So if you've got a foundation of buy and hold stocks, they will recover very quickly. So that's your basic foundation. Mm. On top of that, if you've already generated an income from call options and dividends and puts, you have now a war chest ready to capitalize on dips in the market. So we can then do a very powerful thing called dollar cost averaging. So you end up with twice as many shares at half the price. Now, when it goes back up again, you get four times the, the leverage. Mm. So it's very powerful. We, we absolutely, we love dips in the market because that, that allows us to dollar cost average. So we would say that your risk management is not so much the derivatives when it comes to a fall in the portfolio, but it's that you have high quality companies at relatively low prices and therefore it hopefully doesn't fall as much and it recovers you know, back up to where it was or further. Would, would that be correct? Yeah, but we also do hedging within our position. So one of the things we do is we sell put options to generate an income, but we, we would then, so put options where you're given a promise to buy a share in the future. So let's say you promise to buy something for $20 next month. The market pays you $1 today to promise to buy something $20 in the future. That same transaction during COVID last year, we were getting $4 on 20. That's the beauty about instability and volatility mm. in the market. Now, once you've made that promise to buy something for 20, your exposure is $20 in the market. What we then do is we, put, we buy a $19 put option underneath that, which gives us the option to be able to release that share at 19. So now our risk is only the difference between 20 and 19. So overnight, we transfer our risk from $20 down to one. And the net credit of that is more than the $1 risk. So our net credit for that transaction might be $2 our net risk is one. So even if that share does drop to $10 overnight, we're still going to walk away with $1 profit. And at least one half to two thirds of our put positions are hedged in that way within our portfolio as well. So we've double protection in that respect so as well. When, when investors hear things like puts and calls, sometimes they think that you're betting on one direction, but in fact, you're talking about kind of a net position of your puts and calls that end up netting out so that your net exposure through the derivatives is, is limited. It's not like you're taking some huge directional bet. Would that be also correct? That's correct. And also it's important that listeners to understand that we never buy options. We sell options first. Mm. So we would sell a call, which means you get paid in simple layman's terms, Andrew, when you sell a call option, you get paid to sell your shares. Mm -hmm. When you sell a put option, you get paid to buy your shares. And the goal is to treat your shares like a property. You, you buy a house, you put in tenants, you collect rent, and you hope eventually the house gets paid for by the tenant's rent. You know, that takes yeah. typically 20, 30 years, depending if you use cash or borrowed money. We can show you in the stock market, for you property investors out there, we can show you to do the exact same process in, in two, two to three years or even less. We the same concept. You buy an asset, you generate an income, the income eventually buys the asset for you. And so that's the concept that people need to understand. We don't buy options, which is an extremely dangerous thing to do. Mm. We sell premium. Got it. We, we, we collect the rent. Yeah. And the last question I have about what you're doing is, you know, why aren't other individuals 
doing this? Why are they just sitting and buying and holding? And, you know, why is it that they're not enhancing their return with the derivative strategy? Yeah, it's, it's as simple as this. Like, I don't know anything about Bitcoin mining. I know nothing about mining. So therefore, I'm never going to do it. So mm. I, I don't have the inclination or the desire to actually understand what crypto mining is. But I'm sure if I did a course on it and studied it and figured it out, I probably would want to, if there's a decent return, I would probably want to do it. Yep. But I have no intention of doing it. So that's the way people are out there. They have no intention of learning what a call option is, no intention of learning what a put option is, absolutely no intention of a, a stock selection system. So we just had a seminar, our first seminar since lockdown last Saturday in Galway in the west of Ireland. And we had 15 people in the room and they wanted to be there. They were glued mm. to their chairs, <laughs> glued to every word that Anna said, glued to every word I said. They walked away there within, within hours and days. They were putting their results in their WhatsApp group of the companies they had researched using our system. Mm. So they have a desire to learn and they have a hunger to learn and they have a clear plan. We've actually set them on a plan to be worth 1.5 million each in 10 years' time. That's, mm. The club is already at 46,000. They're already doing the averages. So in 10 years' time, those members will be worth 1.5 million 10 years from now. So they're focused. They have a clear plan. They're excited and they want to learn. They will do well. But somebody who's down in the pub, because the pub's reopened in Galway on that same day, having a pint of Guinness, telling the barman what's wrong with the world, he will never do what we do because he's not interested. He doesn't want to learn it. That's why mm. everybody doesn't do it. Got it. Yeah. And um, I mean, I tried to learn about Bitcoin mining. I got out my shovel. I went out in the backyard. I started mining, <laughs> but you know, I just really, I couldn't get success with it. So I had to really put it aside. So a little bit more complicated, but dedication to it and you can learn. Well, I think exactly. that's a great introduction to what you're doing. I know the listeners are going to be interested just before we get into the question, what's the best, I'll have all the links in the show notes, but for someone that says, I can't even go to the, I don't want to go to the show notes. I just want to go straight to, to learn more about this. Where should they go? Oh, if they want to engage with us, TICN.ie, Tango Indigo Charlie November.ie, which is an Irish website. Or if they want to go direct and communicate with Anna, A-N-A, one N, A-N-A at TICN.ie. And Anna will help them, number one, find the right club for them and guide them through the, the early steps of figuring out what we do and how we can help you. Fantastic. Well, that's a complete understanding of what you guys are doing, and I appreciate that. But let me tell you, now it's time to share your worst investment ever. And since no one ever goes into their worst investment thinking it will be, tell us a bit about the circumstances leading up to it, and then tell us your story. Yeah, so this happened way before Tony Robbins, way before I was exposed to the, to the stock market. I was approached by someone I knew who gave me a set of figures and they were going to set up a, a camera making security cameras, a factory making security cameras. Now, this is back in, I want to say, early 90s. This is before CCTV was big. This is before, you know, as I say, they reckon if you go to London, your, your image is going to be captured 300 times a day in London. So we were all excited about this project. We were going to build our own security cameras in a small little factory here in Donegal and sell them all over the world. And so they, they persuaded me to invest 25,000, which I didn't have at the time, but I went to the bank and I borrowed the 25,000. So I made the classic mistake that everybody did. It's the friends and fools scenario. I was a fool. I wasn't a friend to these guys, but I was the fool. And I bought the sexy looking business plan and all the promises and, you know, the, the usual words that people give you, this is a no-brainer, you know, it's a, a hole-in-one type investment. 
And I went out and put myself and my family under a lot of financial pressure just because I was a fool. I knew nothing about business. I knew nothing about how businesses run. I didn't realize that 85% of businesses fail in the first five years, that 96% of businesses fail in the first 10 years, that even if you are successful in business, small to medium-sized businesses, you're lucky to make 5% profit. So you've got to turn over a million to make 50 grand to be even successful. So if I'd have done some basic maths, I would not have made that investment. So that was by far the worst investment. And if I put that 25,000 in the market back then, no one I know now that would be worth no exaggeration, multiple of millions today. Mm. So uh, how would you describe what you learned from that? So what I learned from that is one that go into an investment with your eyes wide open. I mean, it was a privately held company, so it was, it was completely illiquid. Mm. You know, even if I wanted to sell the shares, nobody would be interested in buying it. So the only thing, the only place to be in the richest people in the world are in the stock market period. Why? Because it's liquid. You can buy and sell at a drop of a hat and you, it's T plus two. You can buy your shares today. Two days later, that money can be in any bank account in the world in your name, fully liquid, where you can go in and withdraw that money. So lesson number one, make sure you invest in something that is liquid, that is in your control. And that for the listeners out there, we never take money from our members. Our members have full control of their money at all times. The money is in their bank account, in their club of bank account or individual account that they have full control. So I had this conversation with somebody yesterday who was pitching me on some Forex deal where he was saying, yeah, you double your money in the first four months and then you double it again the next 12 months. And I, I did the maths. I says, look, if this is true, in 10 years, I will, be, I will make more money than Warren Buffett has made in 60 years. So I said to him, and oh my God, you've given your money to somebody else. Oh yeah, it takes us three months to get the money out. So that's a big lesson for listeners. Number one, don't lose control of the checkbook. Keep the money in your control at all times. There's no other place for the stock market to do that because it's highly liquid. It's easy to buy and sell. Mm. It's great. I, I think, you know, I was thinking about your story as I was listening to it. And I was also just thinking, I often say that, you know, small business is a trap because mm. if you're running it, you're just going to get trapped. It's very rare, as you've already expressed, it's very rare that you're going to really be able to cash out. You're going to get stuck. If it does well, let's say it does okay, you're going to be mm. stuck in it for the next five or 10 years as you try yep. to make it you know, bigger. But this point that you make is that majority of businesses, truthfully, they just don't, they don't pay the owners enough in salary and compensation, and they don't pay enough in dividends. So even though the statistics may say of oh, 5% can make it past uh, five years, many of those 5% still are not really generating the real income so the sure. odds are you know the odds are and and now to top it on put on top of that your story has talked about oh and i'm gonna i'm gonna tag along for that ride and we now know that the the, the reality of that ride is that it's a it's a huge risk and of course the crazy part about it is that if we don't have people taking that risk society never really moves forward mm. so the entrepreneur is somewhat crazy and they're taking these risks that they that they just can't figure out that the risks they're taking. If they knew the risks that they were taking, they probably wouldn't even do it. But we need that, you know, that madness to move the world forward. So that was the one thing that I was thinking about. And the other thing is, you know, you were just saying, you know, I was a friends and fools. I was a fool. Mm. You know, one of my favorite quotes is by Otto von von Bismarck, and he said, only a fool 
learns from his mistakes. Mm. A wise man learns from the mistakes of others. Mm. So for the listeners out there, you've got a guy here, Owen is telling us, I was a fool at the time. Listen mm. to that. The next time that someone comes to you with some sexy idea about mm. invest in this, invest in that, take the time to ask the questions, not just with that business, but also we heard that Owen asked the questions when someone came up with their, their Forex scam idea, or even if you look at, as I've done, you know, with Owen and Anna, ask a lot of questions. In fact, mm. that's the key really to building success in your life generally is ask the questions. Anything you'd add to that? Yeah. Just a, a great thought came to my mind as you said it there is that in, like, so one of the big things invested in the stock market is you, you are invested in the top 4%. These guys have made it. They've made it past the first five years of failure, the first, the next 10 years. They've then floated on the stock exchange. By being accepted into the stock exchange, they are the creme de la creme de la creme. Mm. And now they're run by the brightest and smartest people on the planet. I had a great conversation with Anna's guys two days ago. They invested heavily in Tesla when Tesla dropped to around $300 a share back in March last year during COVID. And as we all know, that went to 900 so they've done incredibly well. But even that being said, and this is a very smart guy, Anna's son is really, really smart. He's a, just a spreadsheet wizard. And one of his goals is, is to work for Elon Musk in some form, like either SpaceX or Tesla or something like that. But obviously he has to go through college and you know get there. But he didn't realize. We were just having a joke at the kitchen sink. We we're both washing the dishes. And I said, you know, something like along, he, says, he said something like, I don't know, do I want to be Elon Musk's bitch? Me to work for him. <laughs> and then I, says, I said to Jaime, do you not realize that Elon Musk is your bitch? He says, what do you mean? I said, you own shares in Tesla. He has to get out of bed every day, him and his team, to make Tesla work for you. The number one responsibility of the executive of a publicly traded company is to increase your shareholder value. And for the first time, he realized that he doesn't have to work for Elon. Elon is now working for him. And then he was, he was, oh, but Elon owns 24% of Tesla. I only own a few shares. I said, the only difference between you and Elon is just the number of shares. He still is your bitch. And he got all happy, big smile on his face. Oh. And then if he was That's really wise, he would have gone back to bed and let Elon work his butt off. Exactly. That's exactly what happens, folks. So you're listening out there. You can invest in the best companies in the world and the best people in the world are working for you, period. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. So based upon what you learned from this story and what you continue to learn in your life, what one action would you recommend our listeners take to avoid suffering the same fate? Just go, go straight into the stock market. If you are going to invest in companies, go to the stock market and go to the best companies. That's the one mistake. You know, the opposite of that 25 grand, had I put it in the stock market and bought one of the top quality companies, you know, it would have been a completely different story today. Mm. Mm -hmm. Anna, do you want to share with the listeners about the journey with your boys and how they've done? Yeah, they've done fantastically well, as I said before. They recognize a low moment in the market when COVID hit. And because they had practiced before with pretend money and then with money, even though they were minors, they were trading in accounts on our names. They had the skills, they had the knowledge, they had the ability of saving money. They knew about saving money and what to do with it when the time would come. So they had all that within themselves and all they had to do would take another step to mm. take action, but they had the knowledge before. So for our listeners there, I would say, 
learn stuff. And overall, learn how you are. Because you didn't ask me, but I'm going to tell you anyway, what was my biggest mistake, my worst investment ever, was not to invest in knowing myself and to be completely congruent with who I am. Mm. I demonstrated to you before that I'm good with numbers, but I don't remember them. So Owen asked me a number, no clue, but I know what it saved. So it's okay to say, I'm not super duper. Somebody can do something better than me. It's okay. Let's be humble. Whatever I know, I know. And what I don't know, it's okay. Because we've been trained to be the best, to never fail, to do everything fantastic. And that's not real. So the sooner we learn our own disabilities in brackets the things that we are not so good at but we can develop tricks we can save things we can write things we can apply systems like our own mm. we apply the system so it doesn't matter whether i remember a number or not because i have a spreadsheet with all the numbers there and then i apply the system tick the boxes go for it and i know that i'll do well in the long term and that's what my kids have done it's that's about mindset, knowing themselves working in a team knowing a system, applying it, taking action, and become that. Mm. They become wealthy. My eldest, Jaime, is now traveling, and I said, I know you. If you need to take a taxi, take a taxi. If you're hungry, eat. I'll give you the money. And don't have a hard time not spending money. And he says, you can't imagine how good I feel when I don't spend the money somewhere that I can save and then I can invest it in the market. <laughs> I feel so good. So that's who they became. Yeah, that's so fantastic. In the future, enjoying the present moment. Yeah. And you talked about the system, you know, and that's a lot of times when we look back at the stock market and we look at crashes and we think, why didn't I buy then? But of course we don't buy oftentimes because we don't have a good system. We're not, we haven't practiced, as you've said. And then we're overtaken by the emotion of the market and of the people. And then we end up missing the opportunity. And so I like what Warren Buffett often talks about is that the market is just simply a transaction tool, a tool to make transactions. But don't let the movements in the market, you know, cause your emotions to go crazy. And so I like the, the focus on the structure. Mm. Yeah, and if you look at the market, Andrew, if you look how many years is done better than the last year, is that outperforms the times that it goes below. Mm. But what happens with the news? They don't sell it. They say, oh, the market has gone crazy and it's gone up this much and it's 25% more than last year. Do you ever hear that? Mm. Hardly ever. But if it goes 1, 1%, Oh my God, the world is collapsing. Yeah. Because that sells. So it's, very important. Mm. it's very important to know the, to have the knowledge and apply it. That's wisdom. Mm. Yep. Sure. Mm. So last question. What's mm -hmm. both of yours number one goal for the next 12 months? I know your goal to 2050. Well, it is in the pursuit of, so not only do we know we won a million millionaires in 30 years time, we know exactly what we have to do. We know what we've got to do this year, next year to get to that. So we're just continuing to open up investment clubs, give people that safe, supportive space that they can learn and grow within. 
continuing to work with lump sum clubs as well. We've got clubs where people put in lump sums rather than a drip feed. Mm. And we're continuing to work with individuals that have a, a lot of money in a bank, making very little money for them, working harder for them. So we're working on those three fronts to continue to develop those three things, yeah. yeah. Working the can plan. My, sorry, yeah. can I share yeah, yeah. what they look like? Yep. <laughs> because I'm thinking of the people listening on the other side and they mm. might say, oh my God, stocks. What the hell is a stock? Oh, learning about options. What is an option? Learning all that kind of stuff. Every day having to look at the charts and listen, that's not the way it goes whatsoever. There are things to be learned, but let's focus, as Owen was saying, on the second floor. Where do I want to get to? Mm. In the meantime, let's have fun. And that's very, very important. Let's have fun. When I meet, I have a club with ladies only. It's called Empowered. And we're looking forward to meeting together. Why? Because we not only talk about the money and the charts and the options and selling and buying to close and sell to open. We have created a community. We know of each other. We know about the other people's lives. And we are creating that strong bond. And we know that we're going to be there until our youngest member, who is two and a half, is of eight. So... It can be something potentially very boring and out of our league can become something that we enjoy if we put our attention elsewhere. Mm. For instance, I love creating art and videos and photographs and stuff. So I say, what can I do with this? So I've started a series of videos of how I taught myself or how I learned myself and how I taught my kids so that they become the people that they are now. And I'm sharing that with the world in videos mm -hmm. so there Exciting. are many things that we can go that we can do with whatever is in front of us yep my mother always says inch by inch it's a cinch yard by mm. yard it's hard and mm. i like what you you know when you were telling the story about the dark garage and trying to get to your bedroom i mean that's a great story because you know, just last night I woke up in the middle of the night, the lights were off and I needed to walk to the bathroom and I had my hands out. I knew where it's there. That's over there. We know it. We know where we're going. So I think we've all been through that as we we kind of, you know, inch our way through the house. So listeners. Yeah, we know Warren Buffett started at age 11 with $100 and today's worth $90 million at age 90. We know the journey is possible. We just have to take it, as you said, inch by inch. Yep. Well, Listeners, there you have it, another story of loss to keep you winning. My number one goal for the next 12 months is to help you, my listeners, reduce risk and increase return in your life. And I think today I helped with that. To achieve that, I've created our community at my worst investment ever, and I look forward to seeing you all there. As we conclude, Owen and Anna, I want to thank you both again for coming on the show. And on behalf of ASTOTS Academy, I hereby award you both alumni status for turning your worst investment ever into your best teaching moment. Do you have any parting words for the audience? You can do it. Bring us home, Anna. I would say we deserve it. By living in abundance, we attract abundance for us and for others around us. So it's safe to be there. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, that's a wrap on another great story to help us create, grow, and protect our wealth, fellow risk takers. This is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stott, saying, I'll see you on the upside.